Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, good morning and welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Galena joined by my buddy George Kurtz. George, how's it going? Good morning, Mr. Galena. How are you? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? Well, as you and I discussed uh, pre-show, good morning are a contradiction in terms. They, they just don't go together. They don't. Sorry. I like the mornings. You know, I'm more of a morning person than a, an evening kind of guy. I know you, you stay up to all hours of the night watching those West Coast uh, games complete, right? You're, you're more of a, an evening kind of guy? Yeah, I'm definitely more of a, a night person. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only good morning is when I'm still in bed. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that, that's a good morning. Right. That, uh, not that I have a problem getting up. I really don't. I, uh, the alarm goes up. I get up. I'm, I may not be happy, but I'm not someone who hits a snooze button 18 times either. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Just uh, want to thank you. Uh, yesterday, you uh, filled in for me at Fantasy Sports Today, and uh, you guys did a nice little shout-out for my daughter, Nicole, who graduated St. John's yesterday. So um, we're driving uh, to uh, to St. John's to get to the ceremony, and uh, I tell my wife, I said, put on the show real quick. And uh, I heard you guys had at the opening said something very nice, and my daughter's like, do we have to listen? Leading up to it, do we have to listen to this? Do we have to listen? I said, are you graduating kindergarten or college? So just want to tip my cap to my, you know, it's like, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Come on. So tip my cap to my daughter, Nicole. Congratulations on her graduation, and thank you guys, and thank you for filling in for me yesterday. So uh, good stuff uh, all day yesterday. So big, big weekend, though, George. Uh, we've got, uh, this is a huge waiver wire weekend. Uh, can you remember a time when there've been, you know, so many call-ups at the same time of, uh, you know, fantasy viable guys? I mean, we're talking Keston Hura, Willie Calhoun, Austin Riley, uh, Nicky Lopez from the Royals, Brendan Rogers, lots of positional uh, players that that uh, we're going to be bidding on this weekend. I mean, I don't remember in such a short period of time there being so many, you know, top call-ups. I'm not going to tell you it's never happened before. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. But to answer your question, no, I can't remember one offhand. (laughs) Right. I I can't. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a wild fab tonight. You know, for those leagues that do it once a week. Uh, it, it'll be certainly a lot of thinking going on, a lot of money being spent tonight. Sure. In only leagues, I assume, uh, that maybe people going broke tonight. Mm-hmm. In only leagues. I think that w- that will happen tonight. People uh, bid everything they have to try and get one or two of these players. Uh, people, I know people are going to love to ask, oh, how much should I bid? That's really on your league. You know, it's always an impossible question to answer. I don't know your league. But with the amount of people going tonight, that can be good and bad. You know, there's strategy to this. Maybe you don't want to bid on the high guys, but on the lower, uh, the lower end guys, you have a better chance of getting those. But there are going to be people who put in multiple bids, you know, mm-hmm. do a lot of ifs. You know, yeah. if I don't get this player, then this player, then this player, then this player. Right. My guess, my guess in most leagues that you're going to have to bid a substantial amount, especially with someone like an Austin Riley, you know, top prospect, uh, who maybe he's what, got two home runs already. He's maybe going to supplant mm-hmm. in CRT and be a starter for the rest of the year. This would not shock me. Um, you're probably 15, going to have to bid two a, homers. Yeah, you're probably going to have to bid mm-hmm. a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. You think that he's going to be the, the guy that's going to draw the most interest? Uh, you never know. I would yeah. think so, though, an outfielder, a power-hitting outfielder. I would think he's going to draw, draw quite a bit. He's the name that probably a lot of people know. You may know Brendan Rodgers, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, he's going to be the top name that you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to drive his price up. 
Yep, natural third baseman. But uh, I think just about a week or so ago, uh, the Braves started p- starting him in the outfield. Uh, Ender Inciarte in uh, on the IL had been slumping all season. And so uh, Riley called up uh, and uh, agree with it. If he continues to hit, <laughs> I think he's just going to stick in that lineup, no? Listen, I think obviously he has to, he has to hit. Uh, rookies don't get much uh, wiggle room as far as slumping goes, and can he handle the outfield? If he starts making mistakes out there, oh, that mm-hmm. can change things as well. But we know there's no there's no place for him in the infield. I don't see them moving on from uh, Josh Donaldson, who's been okay this year. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, assuming he hits, assuming he's not a uh, you know a trash can out there in left field, I think he sticks. Right, right. Any other of these guys uh, like really stick out to you? I mean, to me, I think like that the, the guy that people might be sleeping on a little bit is, is Nicky Lopez. I mean, he doesn't have the, the power bat that the, some of these other guys have, but uh, good contact hitter, above average speed, uh, gets on base, which is good for somebody that you're expecting to steal some bases for you. Uh, Royals looks like they're all in on him in, a, in the way that they've moved Whit Merrifield to the outfield, and they're going to be uh, giving uh, Lopez regular uh, starts at second base. But to me, he's a guy that you know some people might be sleeping on from among this, this group. Listen, he does have interest to me for uh, speed-wise, uh, maybe to steal a couple of bags here. That's something that I'm always looking for. Once again, it comes mm-hmm. down to team need. What do you need? Do you need a second right. base? Do you need a middle infielder? Do you need speed? Do you need a category? Are you looking, for, are you looking to fill a position or are you looking to fill a category? Mm-hmm. You know, It's May 19th, so I'm probably still going for best players overall here with an mm-hmm. edge towards position. That's why I expect Riley to be that person that goes for the highest money tonight. Because I think if you're – all the guys you mentioned uh, as far as being available tonight now, I think you're just doing a draft, a regular uh, snake draft, Riley goes first. Mm-hmm. You know, or certainly at the top. So I, therefore, I expect him to be spent the most money on because it's May 19th. If we were July 19th, where you're really more looking at categories to hit more than uh, you know, the best player overall, this could be a little different here. But I mm-hmm. do like Lopez. I do. And you, you said it perfectly. Uh, they moved uh, Merrifield pretty much out. You're in the outfield full time now. Mm-hmm. You know, they want this Lopez kid to uh, succeed. It's a small sample size. He's batting 300 so far. So good. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I like Lopez as well. He'll be another guy I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the rest of them. Uh, Keston Hiura, five-tool potential, playing second place, uh, second base. Uh, Travis Shaw, uh, who struggled all season long. Uh, he's on the IL, I believe, as well. Batted uh, 163. 266 on base percentage, 281 uh, slugging percentage. I don't know what happened to Travis Shaw. I don't know if it's just like uh, uh, underlying injuries that have, have caused them to, to really slump like this, but, uh, you know, kind of being redundant here. But if uh, Hiura could just, you know, get some good at-bats here, show that he could, uh, uh, you know, hit the ball, I think he's, he's going to keep this job. Hitting the ball is generally a good thing. Now, <laughs> he is one of their uh, better prospects. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe they, maybe their top prospect. The mm-hmm. problem is you're going to say he's going to keep the job. So what are they going to do with Shaw? Are they just going to axe him? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. a problem for me. You know, before I bid a substantial amount, what are they going to do? You know, uh, so I think here is another guy to be short leashed. Yes, if he's hitting, okay, they're going to go with him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, I don't think they're going to remove him if he's hitting. But the, uh, he his rope on a, a slump will be short. Mm-hmm. So that's the stunt they'll put Shaw back in there. If Shaw starts to hit, then guess what? Shaw plays. Right. So that's the problem. I don't know if you're going to get him long-term or be able to play full-time. You, you just don't know. You hope. Mm-hmm. We're all hoping, but we don't know. So that's going to be my issue with uh, here is that you don't know what's going to happen here when Shaw comes because there's a veteran that's going to be pushing him, a veteran that's been productive as far as last year. NCRT and Riley is a little different because NCRT wasn't good, very, very good last year either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I would be a little bit worried about here. Even though he's a fine, pro- good prospect. You know, the player himself is fine. If he had a job, I'd be very interested in. But I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd be blowing my fab on him. Right, right. Now, in terms of uh, player control, let's say if uh, you know one of these guys is up uh, for a couple weeks and gets sent back down, does that count towards their service time? You know, with the well, super two and other. Yeah. The Super 2 is gone, so they don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, that. yeah. I, mm-hmm. Actually, it's May 19th. I assume it's gone at this point. Mm-hmm. There's no way of knowing. There's no set date. It goes by how many uh, – the amount of players called up mm-hmm. during the season. You know, the union, uh, they haven't announced that if it's passed. I don't think even not, – I'm not sure if they know yet. Right. I assume it's passed. You would think it has with all the call-ups. Right. right. They have a mm-hmm. lot of call-ups. I assume it's passed, but I can't tell you for sure, no. Mm-hmm. All right. Um 
Willie Calhoun. Been a top performer in the minor leagues. A uh, big uh, Dodgers prospect uh, traded over to the Rangers. And uh, previously when he uh, was called to the bigs, he struggled. Uh, but uh, so far, so good. Uh, so far, uh, doing pretty well. Uh, Rangers have uh, stated that they're going to give him a significant amount of playing time for the near future. What are you thinking about uh, Willie Calhoun? Well, Calhoun's another guy, right? Uh, I think he came from the Dodgers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we know mm-hmm. uh, in the U Darvish deal, uh, he can hit. You know, we know he can hit. Can't field. That's an, an issue there. They're going to stick him in the outfield and pray. Right. You know, uh, that's initially he was supposed be, to be a second baseman, but you're right. His defense, they put him in the outfield. His defense is, uh, you know, let's face it, he's a goaltender playing wherever he plays. Uh, so that's going to, that could be an issue. Maybe he's adequate. You know, maybe they can live with his deficiencies. Think of Kyle Schwarber. You know, that, that sort of player out there. Can you live with the, uh, you know, missed time fly balls every now and then, not getting some balls you expect to be caught? You know, Texas is a big outfield, that sort of thing. Can they live with that? Yeah, he's really a uh, a DH waiting to happen. A DH that probably should have happened by now, but they already mm-hmm. got that in Chew. So uh, I'm curious to see because I think this guy can't hit. If you need power, that'll uh, pl- that could play as well here. Uh, like all these guys, there. I mean, Calhoun here. Uh, these guys can they can hit. They can play the game. The problem is, but here is Shaw pushing him if he's not hitting well, and with Calhoun's going to be defense. What happens mm-hmm. there? To right. a lesser extent, he's almost a, a very similar to Riley. You know, an infielder push towards the outfield. Uh, so we see, uh, you know, they're making mistakes that tends to be very glaring. They're mistiming fly balls, they're getting, now getting over their heads or in the gap because they missed it. They're missing balls in front of them that the pitchers feel they should catch. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. So we'll see what happens here. I do have more faith in Riley than I do Calhoun. Yeah. And you mentioned that you compared him to uh, Kyle Schwarber. I, uh, hopefully he is a little better than Schwarber. I mean, Schwarber has shown that he has got the – the power, but the batting average is, hasn't been there, man. He's batting 220, 228 for his career. So, uh, Brendan Rodgers, you know, we've been following this guy for a little while. Uh, power bat can hit for average for the Rockies. Uh, to me, the scary part is, you know, the Rockies in the past have been literally inconsistent with uh, the way that they've been using their young players in terms of, you know, getting them at bats. So that's a that's a big thing for me. I think he's batting 125 to start, but he, you know, very, very early in his career. But uh, he's also been a bit injury-prone in his career. That's another thing to take into consideration. But w- what do you think about uh, Brendan Rodgers? Some uh, thinking that uh, eventually he could take over as their everyday second baseman. Is this the time or, you know, you think that's going to be uh, an issue with him getting regular at-bats? Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting. Uh, he's he's probably the top prospect in Colorado. All right, he's crushing the ball in their uh, minor league system, but that, it's a great uh, hitters up, hitters advantage there. Uh, mm-hmm. At one time, they were thought that he would be the uh, shortstop of the future, not Trevor Story. So right. uh, that makes you think about that. Now they moved over to second base because Story's a star. Uh, he had a man there, Hamster. I mean, everyone's there, and now he's taking over because of some injuries. He's got a shot. And he's got his that we expect him to hit because it's Colorado, right? So uh, mm-hmm. certainly a boost there. Uh, does he keep the job? I think it all depends on his performance. I think that's really what it comes down to. If he's hitting, playing well, yes. I don't think McMahon did anything to separate himself from anybody else. I don't. Mm-hmm. So uh, McMahon can play some first base, but it's a roster crunch here. <laughs> all right? Mm-hmm. This is why I didn't understand the Daniel Murphy signing. I never will. Right. Right, you know, because this sort of caused all this. Now you don't have a place for McMahon. Uh, you, you, you don't have really a place for uh, Rogers. Desmond's misplaced in the outfit. I mean, it's all it's a mess. They have a lot of square pegs and round holes, that mm-hmm. they're trying to fit here. So uh, I think it comes down to performance, though. I don't think this is a team that can really uh, dictate it by anything else. You play, you pay. Right, right, right. Uh, and as you mentioned, I mean, you know, people ask us, you know, what kind of bids sh- should we put in? I mean, I think w- what's the first thing that you could do is, is first of all, look at your needs, right, uh, on your team. Then another thing, you got to look at, you know, transaction history uh, of your league recently, right? I mean, you got to see what kind of bids have won, uh, you know, the, the particular bids i mean what, what you know what's a good number on like someone who's highly sought after so i mean it, i mean there's really no easy answer right george no there's not because it's uh, every league is going to be different mm-hmm. uh every said in, in only leagues where these guys are available they're going to go for a high price mm-hmm. people are going to some people are going to break especially for riley some people are going to you know, break the budget 
break the bank, let's mm-hmm. go, let's go for broke and bid everything. They're not going to wait for the trade deadline. I hope somebody comes over from the, uh, you know, if you're in NL only league, hoping somebody comes over from the American League and vice versa. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what's going to happen tonight. It's going it's to be a wild fat. But you need to look at your transaction history. How many guys, you're, you're, let's say you're in a 12-team league, how many guys pay attention? There'll be guys who still have $100 in their budget who just haven't made a move all season long. I'll assume they're mm-hmm. going to be pretty quiet. Now, uh, guys who are way out of it, probably not going to do much. You know, but if you got, if your half your league is uh, involved, then tonight's going to be expensive. You, I don't think you're going to get anybody for cheap. I don't see that. You're going to have to bid a, a, a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. You really are. And I would, like I said, I would do ifs all over the place. Yeah. But if you can't get this guy, then you can get plan. this guy. All right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're bidding 100 every, every one of your dollars, then you know you're going to get the guy. I would make sure you have a lot of backup plans because I think they're all going to be bid on heavily tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild, and it's going to be a very stressful situation. I know I'll, in a couple of leagues, I'll be doing the same thing right now on paper. Okay, what do I got to do? This league, how much for this guy am I going to bid? You know, am I okay? Do I just want to put in competitive bids to make sure he, the guy doesn't go for cheap? I'll be doing mm-hmm. that too. I'll be pri- price checking, price enforcing, just mm-hmm. to make sure that Riley doesn't go for, you know, eight bucks. I may put in a bid for 12, even though I right, know he's right. not going for that, but I want to make sure he's going for a price that I can live with. This is in leagues where you have a $100 budget, of course, th- th- those numbers. So, uh, But definitely great advice from my, my buddy George Kurtz. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll be back with more baseball. We'll even talk a little Game of Thrones series finale tonight. We'll be back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. No, we're not at the Copa. Broadcast emanating out of uh, Studio 34. Fantasy Sports Today. Joglina George Kurtz, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Engel, directing our show, keeping us flying straight. Thanks for uh, joining us today. And we were talking a little bit about the wild wave of wild weekend that we're uh, going to uh, be a part of. Uh, I'm sure everyone's uh, going to be looking to add some of these uh, these top uh, prospect ads that came up uh, this week. We're talking uh, Keston Hero, Willie Calhoun, Nicky Lopez, Brendan Rogers, Austin Riley. Question for you, George. Uh, all these position players being called up, how come do you, any theories as to why we haven't seen any of these uh, top uh, pitching prospects called up as of yet? Like uh, you got Dylan Cease, Zach Galen, everyone's uh, looking for from uh, the Marlins, uh, even uh, the Mitch Keller from the Pirates. Well, part of the reason is, like I said, uh, we don't know for sure the Super 2 has passed. All right, we think it has, but the clubs may not know for sure. Uh, all the teams you mentioned, I mean, Marlins are not going to take any chance of calling anybody up. You know, they're going to make sure they have the extra year of control. So there's, I mean, there's no reason for them at all. To mm-hmm. rush this, uh, so that's not surprising. I think with pitching, they're also going to be careful because there'll be an innings limit involved here. You know, so when he calls up, he's going to pitch. You know, go, do you want to control that limit in the minors? I think that plays a part of it as well. Uh, and now, what's it? You got to get on a case by case basis. Is there a need on the team? Is the guy doing well, or is he proving himself in the minor leagues? It's all mm-hmm. everything plays mm-hmm. a part of it. You know, the, no doubt service time does. And you, play, you play that game. You go case by case basis. I mean, the only reason when you think about it with Houston, right? We all wanted Forrest Whitley. To, we all wondering when Forrest Whitley go would get called up. I know I was. I drafted mm-hmm. him in a couple of leagues for you. I'd hold on to him. Uh, deep prospect. Uh, he's he's pretty much their top pitching prospect. But when they needed somebody, well, they didn't call out Whitley. They called out Corbin Martin. Maybe their right. second best pitching prospect. Why did Martin get the call over Whitley? Whitley wasn't pitching well in the minors. 
Miami has pitched poorly. So once again, that's what happens there. You know, uh, and a lot of teams believe that you have to, unless there's an absolute team need. You know, everything went wrong. The Yankees, for instance, who had to call up pretty much everybody because of all the injuries. You need to prove yourself in the minds that you belong there. And Whitley, mm-hmm. in this case, hasn't proven that yet. Yeah, good point. Good point. And uh, Astros. Uh have another positional player that uh, everyone's looking at uh, as to when he might be called up, uh, Jordan Alvarez. So, uh, I mean, uh, you know, if you miss out on, uh, on uh, you know, on the players this weekend, you know, it's not over, right, George? There's still players that are going to be called up before season's end. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this isn't over. It's only May 19th. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's just been a, a wild week where we keep wondering, okay, who's next? Right. right this guy, right. top guy, who's next? You know, it, it's it's been uh, it's going to be fun tonight. It truly mm-hmm. is. It's going to be aggravating too when you don't get you know. Oh my God, I bid eighty percent of my fab, I still didn't get the guy. I know you're going to be mm-hmm. hearing that all week. You know, because right. uh, there's so many idiot in my league bid everything. Yeah, there'll be people like that that want to mm-hmm. assure they get the player. I can guarantee it's going to happen. It's going to be frustrating if you don't get who you want. Right, right, absolutely. So uh, another big thing uh, going on this weekend, George, uh, Game of Thrones series finale. Uh, what'd you think about the last week, the last week's episode, there was a lot of opinions out there. There's actually, I saw this was a petition, uh, where I think at least a million people signed the petition for the show producers to just do this whole last season over. <laughs> that's cute. Uh, it'll, it'll mean nothing, but, uh, that, that's cute. Sure. They're going to call everybody back. But these actors and actors have been done for months upon months. They're already on other projects. Uh-huh. All right, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get Kit Harrington to be able to come back, Amelia Clark to be able to come back and reprise their roles. Uh, that won't happen. I can, I, one, one thing that's going to happen. Uh, we have to remember that the, uh, you know, it's not uh, George R. R. Martin's doing this anymore. He's just the writers doing it. They're ahead of the books. And Martin's right. already said this, this is not my vision. You know, mm-hmm. my books are going to be different. I imagine when Martin is done with his books, that there'll be another Game of Thrones, you know, season eight, about mm-hmm. how he. If they think it'll make money of how, how he believed it should go. It won't, once again, it won't be with the same actors and actresses. It won't be. They'll be done. But uh, there'll be another uh, somewhere. I don't know if it'll be HBO shows or whatever the hell, or TV, cable, whatever it might be. But there'll be another Game of Thrones show somewhere with Martin's vision of uh, uh, how it should have ended. I don't think I have any doubt about that. But uh, listen, it was, it was pretty wild last week. It was. Uh, I didn't really like it all that much either. But, hey, it's a storyline. Well, you know, she ends up becoming the Mad Queen and all that. Uh, yeah, intriguing. Yeah. Daenerys, all of a sudden, she Targaryen. does the, right. She does the smart thing at the uh, boats, which I didn't. I still don't understand how she's riding a dragon high in the sky. How she doesn't see the Armada. <laughs> right, and and warn us, oh, and it's it's a, it's a trap. Don't don't go that way. We're gonna get crushed. All right. Uh, you know, I I don't get that. I don't I don't understand that at all. And even if she does but, see it, she but, has to know. Well, maybe, maybe I don't go straight at them. Right, right. But the previous week, uh, you know, the, their arrows took down the dragon right away. This week, the dragon got a little smarter, right? Uh, like, I don't know if she could actually steer the dragon, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, it, it was weird. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. was just very strange about how it, and it was, there's a lot of plot flaws. Mm-hmm. In uh, what happened uh, in episode five, like it didn't make a lot of sense to me. How do they know that uh, what's her name was taken hostage? You know, how do they know that someone get a cell phone call? Mm-mm. I mean, someone did someone call the Queen of Dragons? Go, hey, uh, we got her. Because uh, you, wouldn't you just assume she drowned in the boats? I would have. Right, right. Yeah, like I said, you know, know, last week, maybe maybe there's a raven that was sent. Raven, no. uh, how did the? Uh, I, I don't get it. Why didn't the Armada finish him off? Mm-hmm. They had him dead to rights. When you know, so when Tarion's up there, uh, you know, uh, parlaying with mm-hmm. the uh, with CRC. Why didn't CRC finish him off? She hired a hitman to do it. She had eight thousand mm-hmm. arrow men out there. Could have ended him right in front of her. That's what she wanted. But yet she lets him right. go. And I, I, I didn't understand any of that. Last week, Jamie uh, going back and forth. He's a good guy, a bad guy, good guy, bad guy. And uh, now the other rumors, by the way, that he's not dead, that he's alive, mainly because of what's going on in social media in real life. Obviously, it's real life. I don't think they had social media in those times. But uh, that he's still alive because apparently the, 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 at the actual cast, whenever it's someone's last show, they, they put up a big thing on Twitter saying, goodbye, I love you, great job. Da, da. They haven't done that with the actor who plays Jamie Lannister. So that maybe he's still alive. Or may, it could be once again, they haven't gotten around to it. Or the, uh, the producer hey, don't do this. Let's keep people in guessing here. There's a lot right, of right. that could be here. But some people are speculating that Jamie Lannister actually survived the castle falling on him. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. who, who can't mm-hmm. survive that? It's just a castle. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know, walk it off. 
uh, we are partly a gambling network, and there's uh, lots of uh, odds that you could bet on in terms of who ends up surviving and uh, takes over the Iron Throne. And uh, Bran Stark at minus 350 is the favorite, George, followed by Sansa at plus 450, Jon Snow at plus 750, even Tyrion uh, Lannister, uh, character played by Peter Dinklage, plus 750. So uh, it's a little uh, gambling, a little aspect uh, to tonight's show. There is. And, uh, there's a lot of things you can bet on the Tonight Show. Once again, who's going to take over the Iron Throne? Who's going to kill kill Sears, uh, kill the Mad Queen? You know, right, it, it's, right, right. It, it's fun. Once again, it's John just... Snow, minus 300 for that, who will kill uh, Daenerys Targaryen, Arya Stark, plus 450. Uh, the, it, you know, if no one kills her, the plus 750. You know, there's a bet where you could say she survives. So, and she might, although I have a hard time believing that. Knowing this show, yeah. I think she she's going to have to go. Uh, my thing is this: uh, I, I don't uh, Aria, right? Aria was uh, she was uh, in the prophecy by the uh, uh, the oh, what I don't know what whatever the red witch, yeah, the, the red, red witch. witch. Yeah, yeah. She said Aria would kill somebody with green eyes. Mm-hmm. We assumed that person was going to be Cersei because Cersei had green eyes. Well, that didn't work out. Assuming Cersei is dead, she doesn't kill her. Well, guess who else has green eyes? You know, that would be the mother of dragons. Mm-hmm. You know, but do you, are you going to have the same character, <laughs> Arya, kill the Night King and the mother of dragons? I don't think so. I don't think they'll do that. So, uh, I, I said, don't know. I, I they don't, might. I, I don't think so. I think they'll go with a different character. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm looking now uh, on uh, the site I use about all the people who could sit on the throne here. Gendry plus 800. John and Daenerys' baby. I, you know, I brought that up. I don't know if it was you or uh, Cam. I forget who. But, uh, I wonder if that's going to be the eventual ruler. That she, well, they'll find out she's pregnant. Hmm. You know, uh, Brienne Will of she Tarth survive? 20,000. To uh, actually give birth to that baby, if there is a baby, yeah. That, I mean, my my that, opinion, I think that yeah, I, I think that uh, Jon Snow uh, eventually is going to be the uh, the one to uh, kill uh, Daenerys Targaryen, the Mad Queen. But uh, he has said he doesn't want that that throne, right? So I think it goes to Sansa. So Sansa plus four fifty. I think I would take that. So Sansa, right? And then you figure Jon Snow. Uh, maybe he'd uh, take, uh, you know, the Jamie Lannister role where he rules the the Queen's armies. And uh, maybe Arya could be like the uh, Queen's hand. But Arya doesn't really like her uh, with Sansa. It could, it could work out that. Keep it a Stark, uh, Stark friendly. Sure. Mm-hmm. It come like three, full still... 360, right? It, where the Starks at the start of the show were, you know, Ned Stark got his head chopped off. They were running, uh, running you know run out of town and whatnot, and then all of a sudden they end up on top at the end. What does our buddy uh, Sean Engel think? Apparently he doesn't. No. Apparently he doesn't. Well, think it, uh, who, who do you think? Uh, do you have a prediction for the ending, George? Uh, I mean, I, I I do like happy endings. I just, the Starks yeah. take control is interesting, what you just said. Yeah, Sansa, she really has developed into a strong character after all that she's been through. So, she has. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at what which which Stark will die first? Arya, Sansa, Bran. Uh, will, will Tyrion Lannister survive? Uh, who will perish first? Jon Snow or Bran Stark? There's some interesting stuff here that you you can uh, you can certainly play with tonight. Listen, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I will watch. I will. I haven't watched the first uh, five episodes of the same night. Yeah, you know, generally I watch it a day or two later. I just I'm, I'm able to avoid stay it on off of social media. Tonight I'll have to watch it tonight, though. I know that uh, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, be, it'll be talked about too much. It'll be too easy to say, "Oh, she died. Oh, she's on the throne." So I will watch it tonight before I go to sleep. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, it's a good show. I'm disappointed it's ending because uh, there's really not much in my my appointment TV anymore. Shows you right. you, know, you want to watch. You can't wait to watch. You know, I know I just got done watching Bosch on. Uh, Amazon Prime Video is a show, show I've enjoyed. Uh, and that's okay. one of those that's, shows. It's good. I like that shows. Oh, okay. It's with Titus, Titus Welliver. Uh, well, it's an actor I kind of usually plays a bad guy in most things. And this guy, he's, he's, in this uh, show, he's a good guy. But uh, I, li- I like him as an actor. He's uh, somebody I enjoy watching as an L.A. cop show, and I think it's a, a pretty decent show. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've been watching that over five seasons. But other than that, I mean, there's nothing else I'm dying to watch. 
Even Walking Dead, when it comes back in October, it won't be like must-watch TV for me anymore. The show's going off the uh, the deep end. I'm sort of wondering how it's just going to end. <laughs> so just uh, disappointing. Yeah, but we've invested so much in it, right? That you know you almost have to, you know, see how it plays out, right? Well, you're curious. I mean, uh, we know. I'm, I'm, when it comes to Walking Dead, I'm curious how they're going to make Rick Grimes, who's apparently going to do movies, mm-hmm. that he's still alive. He's still alive, but he's not trying to get back. How are you going to make that work? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, he's yeah. What, does he have amnesia? <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't see how that's going to work. Where he's not trying to get back, his daughter's there. Mm-hmm. And everything he's built, he's going to just walk away from that. I, I, I'm just, I'm very curious as to how. Last we that saw, work. he like washed downstream, right, and it was picked up by like another group or whatnot. But you're right, like. You know, maybe there's an amnesia angle to this, and that's why he never got back to oh them. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, hey, uh, wanted to mention yesterday, you guys did a great job. You had uh, uh, Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News uh, talking about the Jets, and uh, we could talk about that just for a couple of minutes as we head off to commercial with, uh, you know, Mike McCannahan, uh, you know, being fired as the uh, Jets GM, and Adam Gates kind of like taking over the Iron Throne of the Jets. <laughs> right. uh, kind of like a, you know. Uh, but my, my question is, and you guys did a great job with the interview. It's, it's, uh, you, could be, you could hear it online and uh, on demand. But uh, how do you think Adam Gase and, and Lev Bell, what do you think their relationship is going to be now? Uh, I mean, Bell said, look, hey, even if reports are true, uh, because basically like, Adam Gase, supposedly, according to the uh, reports this week, he wasn't happy that the Jets had signed Bell and were, were specifically uh, took, uh, wasn't pleased with the amount of money that they signed for him, even though when you think about it, that was kind of like almost like a, uh, you know, a bargain, right? But uh, Bell said, even if the, if the reports are true, and that being that Gase is not a big fan of his, uh, that won't stop me from doing what I came here to do. Everyone has a job to do, and I'm going to do mine, whether people like me or not. I'm here to win football games. How do you think that relationship, uh, how could it play out? Well, I mean, what Gase is saying is that, not that he doesn't like Bell, but he, he, did, he doesn't like paying for a running back in his system. He believes lesser running backs can do the same thing. He'd rather pay for something else. Yeah, whether right. it be lineman, you know, right receiver, whatever it might be. Uh, apparently, the uh, the Bell signing was driven by ownership. Was it driven by the GM? I love it again, again. It wasn't. It was driven by ownership. You know, Chris Johnson right. wanted him, went out and signed him, and really directed the GM. Hey, sign this guy. Yeah, you know, when you have no choice under that circumstance, I'm sure the GM tried to talk him out of it. Say, hey, you know, the coach doesn't want him to feel it. Uh, he needs him. That's when you know, when you have ownership is a problem. You know, when you that's when you got to understand football. If the uh, the coach doesn't want that player, not going to fit his system, then don't sign the guy. It doesn't make any right. sense. You know, that being said, that's, that's not on Bell. You know, and uh, Gase's going to have to make the best of a bad situation now because Bell can say all the right things, which he has, but he's, A, he's not showing up, right? He's not showing up to the voluntary stuff, which, yes, mm-hmm. according to the, uh, according to the uh, CBA, he's perfectly allowed. You right. know, uh, so uh, that's fine, but... You know, you don't you don't know your blockers yet. You don't you know your blockers, so you don't know really know the offense. You would think you'd want to go there. You would have think the Jets before they signed them would have said, "Hey, part of the deal is you have to." Well, I guess you can't say you have to. It's in the CBA, but we really, really, <laughs> right. really want you to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, and for him not to show up automatically, I mean, it shows you uh, he's he's doing his own thing. I'm sure he'll be productive. You know, but Gase now has to once again fit this into what he doesn't want to do. And if it's costing him another play, this is the one part where I think Gase is, is fine. If he doesn't fit your system, I understand it. Then they have to go around this guy's system. Well, you shouldn't have hired the guy. Well, you should have let him know in the first place, listen, we're going to hire you, but we're going to sign Bell too. Right, right. You know, we, we want Bell for whatever, you know, ticket sales, good PR, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, then uh, everybody's on the same page yet. They're not on the same page now. And now it came out publicly. It's got to be a little awkward, Joe. It's got to be a little, a little awkward for Bell knowing he's playing with somebody who doesn't want him, didn't want him. Maybe it'll work right. out well. Maybe Gase will adjust now. He'll do the adjustment because of what happened, but it has to be a little awkward. Right. And like you said, you know, Gase has been famous for uh, basically, you know, almost like a running by, back by committee. You saw the way he had used Jay Ajayi and Kenyon Drake really uh, wasn't used in, in the, the way we fantasy players would like him to have been used. But now... Uh, I, Looks like, is Gase going to be the guy that chooses the GM? Because he's acting GM now. I mean, it's he's going to be in on the process. He's yeah, going to be in yeah. on the process. So I would say yeah. yes. It'll be closer to a yes, man. 
Yeah, Jets ownership is scary. All right, when we come back, uh, break down some of yeah, break down some of what went on in uh, baseball yesterday. Go back to football a little later. Fantasy Sports Today in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Ninety-nine is like twenty years ago. Prince, ask us to party like it's nineteen ninety-nine to listen to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Galita, George Kurtz, John Angle producing our show. Nineteen ninety-nine. Remember Y two K, George? When uh, you know everyone was afraid uh, airplanes were going to be falling out of the sky, computers weren't going to be working. I remember I was working uh, for a, a brokerage firm, and they had us uh, sitting at our uh, desks, you know, trying out our computer, uh, making sure that we were able to log into the systems that we we used, like uh, making sure that you know the Y two K wasn't a problem. You, you remember all the fear associated with Y two K? Well, you said I was a banker at the time, and same mm, thing. Oh uh, <laughs> I, I think I was a, I think I was an assistant manager, and I had to be at the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want well, same same deal. You know, make sure the computer systems were working, which they were. Everything worked fine. Nothing mm-hmm. freaked out, and uh, you know, went home shortly after midnight. What well, was it on a Friday night? I don't even remember what night day it was, but uh, I think it was uh, over a weekend. Everything was fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did think it was a weekend. Yeah, I don't think it was a yeah. work day because I don't, I don't think I had to be up early the next day. So mm-hmm. uh, everything worked out fine. It was no, no big deal for us. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully. So, yeah. Uh, 1999, 20 years ago. I, I don't think that he recorded that song in 1999, uh, but we'll, we'll double check, I guess. But uh, Prince, uh, R.I.P., one of the uh, top performers uh, <laughs> of our generation. Right? Uh, you know, some might like him, some might not, but I happen to think he was a super talented guy. But uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, was never, so- I was never a big uh, Prince fan. I've grown more to appreciate him now. Yeah, and yeah. That's what it yeah. is, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when doves cry, it makes me cry. Uh, <laughs> that, that's when it's Purple Rain. I'm not a big fan of, but I, I do like some of his other uh, tunes. Probably, I actually like his lesser, to, uh, his, his less popular tunes more. Right, Little Red Corvette. That's a, I don't mind that. Raspberry yeah, yeah. Berets are uh, right, 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 right. You know, in 1999, it's fine. I don't mind uh, that either. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, there's not one song or one album that I love of his, but I do appreciate mm-hmm. the talent. Yeah, he definitely was a talented guy. Um, all right, so let's start breaking down some of what happened yesterday and what it might mean to the future of your fantasy teams. Uh, Washington Nationals beat the Cubs 5-2. to two. This game is actually uh, under protest, George, uh, where... Uh, Cubs manager Joe, Joe Madden was uh, protesting uh, the way that Doolittle uh, was tapping on, on the mound, taking issue with uh, Sean Doolittle's delivery. Uh, uh, Sean Doolittle, by the way, picked up his eighth save, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure nothing will come of it. But Joe Madden just, you know, being Joe Madden. Uh, Steven Strasburg, eight innings pitched, seven Ks, gave up a run. He's four and three on the year. Uh, you know, Nationals uh, obviously have had their issues. Uh, you know, they've been, been slumping. I mean, uh, the loss of Bryce Harper. I mean, do you think that that was a, a huge loss? I mean, they really didn't win anything with him there anyway. Uh, I mean, first, when it comes to uh, Joe Madden, uh, good luck with that protest, buddy. Let me know how that works out for you. I- I'm sure it's already been denied. Uh, so that, that nothing's going to come of that. And I think part of that was just to try and get Doolittle off his game. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you know, you're playing games when you try and do that sometimes, uh, and that didn't work out either. So I, I don't expect anything to come of that. And uh, oh, sorry, what was the other question? I've gone brain dead. Uh, about uh, Bryce Harper, the effect of uh, the loss of Bryce Harper. 
I mean, this this team struggled on offense at times, even with Harper, and they he gave him a low ball offer. You know, what it was three hundred million. It was three hundred million, but it was deferred money forever. It was idiotic. No one was going to sign that. So you uh, you pretty much said leave. He's probably overpaid. He's not nowhere near close to Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, someone like that. He's not. Uh, I didn't understand him signing in Philadelphia. I thought this might have been the worst place for him to go as far as, you know the fans are going to crush you. Yeah, if you're doing well, they're going to crush you. You know, and now as soon as you start to fail, and he's been starting to fail, striking out a lot or missing a lot, swinging and missing yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's providing free air conditioning there. You know, the fans aren't going to take that, especially if the team's not doing as well as they expect, as, as the fans expect them to do. So it's uh, going to be rough for uh, Harper. Very streaky. Opt-outs. Uh, yeah. Right. And, yes. and, and even leading leading into this uh, season has been a very streaky hitter. Entering Saturday's action, uh, that covers 32 games, was batting 186 over those 32 games. Three home runs. Got off to a real hot start with the Phillies. The Phillies fans were going nuts over them. But now they're booing them. 32 games, three home runs, batting 186. The, uh, the surprising number for me is the 314 OBP because this guy, even when he was slumping uh, mightily with the, the Nationals, and like I said, very streaky guy. Uh, he had that uh, OBP over 400. So that 314 OBP, uh, you know, a little concerning to me. Uh, but that being said, uh, I mean, we'll get to the Phillies Rockies game. But yesterday, uh, two for three with his eight home run. But uh, yeah, that 314 OBP, that, that's a little odd for Harper, isn't it? It is. There's not really an excuse for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, he stayed in the National League, stayed in the same division. So nothing's really changed. Right. You're playing in a better ballpark, arguably a better lineup. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot going on here. You can use it as an excuse here, other than trying to live up to the contract. You know, and, uh, you know, squeezing the, bat, squeezing the handle of the bat a little too hard, that sort of thing there. Ultimately, I think Harper's going to be fine. You know, yeah. uh, I do think in future years we'll realize he's no longer a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, he's not, not that kind of player. He's more of a uh, second, third-round guy. And mm-hmm. listen, there's nothing wrong with that either. I think the power will be there. I think by season's end, he'll have 30-plus home runs. Oh, yeah. So I'm not worried about that. But the, uh, I think it's going to come as an average hit, Joe. And that's mm-hmm. concerning because it might be a considerable average hit. And right. I am worried somewhat this guy's going to morph into Joey, Joey Gallo. You know, hit 35, 38 home runs, about 220, Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo's actually doing better than that. He's not the, the 220 hitter anymore, at least this season. But, but it is a legitimate concern. I agree with you when it comes to Harper that uh, he could be a drain on your batting average. But uh, So sticking with the Nationals, though, uh, any concerns over Max Scherzer and what he's been doing lately? I mean, 3.72 ERA, 2-5, and five, uh, had another kind of, you know, wishy-washy uh, start the other night. But uh, here's a guy, you know, 34 years old. When I look at his numbers, I mean, the velocity's still there. Uh, you know, nothing really that really says, wow, this guy, you know, he's ready for a free fall. But uh, gave up uh, four runs in, in six innings in his last start uh, Friday night against the Cubs, eight strikeouts. But uh, any concern over uh, Max Scherzer? Man, he's two and five. Two yeah. and five. Uh, the top overall pitcher, I and mean, DeGrom's not doing much well. If, he, if it wasn't Scherzer, then it was DeGrom. It's the top overall mm-hmm. pitcher here. Uh, 3.72 ERA, 1.19 whip. Those numbers are definitely higher than what they usually are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, strikeouts are down a little bit, 87. Uh, he's got more than one per inning, but we expected slightly better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I'm looking, when I look at uh, Scherzer, I'm looking at the advanced stats. What, what's, what's the difference? You already mentioned the fastballs, the velocity is the same. Yeah, you know, FIP, yeah. FIP is about the same, so it's not really his, uh, his fielding. Now his ground ball to fly ball ratio rate is actually higher. Generally means mm-hmm. more ground balls. That's generally a good thing. Home right. run rate is down. K to walk is actually up. This, this is all good. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's, the, what's going on here? So you know, it's a little bit of more hard, hard, hard hit contact, but n- not enough to really make you say, "Wow, you know, uh, you know." Let me walk away from this guy. He's almost like a guy that you you're not going to really be able to buy him too low. But uh, I mean, is he a guy that you would think, "Hey, you know, based on what I'm seeing in terms of his, you know, predictive stats, that he's a guy that's eventually going to just figure it out." Again, <laughs> I mean, the, o- the only number that's significantly higher than past seasons is his BIP. And you meant the heart. The heart hit, hit rate's not very significant. The BIP is 365. Mm-hmm. Generally, he's in the 250 range. Right. You know, right. so that's significantly higher, which means there's some bad luck here. Yeah, yeah. Balls, mm-hmm. are f- 
balls are finding gaps, which does play into the hard hit range as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're hitting the ball mm-hmm. harder, better chance to find uh, fine grass. So mm-hmm. that, that's my thinking there, that it's just more bad luck than anything else. So, mm-hmm. hey, if Joe Galena has shares and you want to sell me shares for 80 cents on a dollar, I'm buying. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll buy right. 90 cents on a dollar. I'll take a chance on shares. Everything, everything points to me that just a slow start, a little unlucky, he'll be fine. Right. And uh, when it comes to the uh, the Nats and the way that they've been slumping, uh, part of it's got to be that the problem is uh, that that bullpen as of Friday night, 6.2 ERA, like the worst bullpen in, in, in baseball. So uh, Brian Dozier also has been slumping. He actually hit a home run yesterday as well. Juan Soto, two for three yesterday. But before that, he had been slumping. So I think it's a combination of uh, problems that the Nats are having. I would agree. Uh, the bullpen, the bullpen's a dumpster fire. Right. It mm-hmm. has been. It always seems to be there, bugaboo, and they don't really do enough to fix it. Uh, now maybe they'll go up to Kimbrel when he. Uh, no one's going to sign Kimbrel now until after the amateur draft on June third. Might be June second. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's June third. So no right. one's signing until after that. All right, you uh, you can wipe that off your your memory bank. It's not going to happen. There's no reason for a team to give up draft pick compensation when two weeks you can sign him for free. Well, not free, mm-hmm. but no no compensation, just the money. So uh, Kimbrel's not signing with anybody. Keiko's not signing with anybody until then. Maybe Washington makes a run at Kimbrel. You know, it would certainly help that bullpen. Uh, c- certain teams we see it every year, they ignore the bullpen. You know, it's sort of like, mm-hmm. ah, we'll, we'll figure it out. It, the bullpen is so important nowadays where starters, a lot of teams don't want the starters going through the lineup more than, really more than two times, three times at right. max. Right. You know, then you want to get the guy out of there and give the, uh, the offense a new look. So uh, we'll see. What happens here? I don't think he'll go at Washington. Braves are going to be interested. Milwaukee, I think, will be interested. He'll sign with somebody. But mm-hmm. I, with Kimball, I wonder, will he sign with somebody to not be the closer? I think that's the key there. Right, right. Um, on the Cubs side, uh, Anthony Rizzo had been dealing with a back issue. 0 for 3 uh, overall. Uh, 0 for 3 yesterday. Overall, 245 batting average, 10 home runs, 29 uh, runs batted in. Just, you know... Before the season started, we had talked a lot about uh, how you know the first base position in fantasy was kind of weak. So I just took a look at at, at some of uh, the numbers uh, across the league in terms of first basemen. I mean, is Rizzo still considered uh, one of the elite first basemen? I mean, I'm looking at you know the list uh, of top first basemen as per uh, fan graphs and the stats. I mean, first of all, Josh Bell, we talked about him last week, another two home runs yesterday, 14 home runs, batting well over 300. I think he's like 331 right now. Uh, Freddie Freeman, still elite. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, Peter Alonso's had a nice year, obviously, 14 home runs uh, as a rookie. I mean, are there that many uh, elite first basemen anymore, and would you consider Anthony Rizzo one? I know I know he usually heats up in the second half, but uh, what do you think about the whole first base position in terms of, uh, you know, one or two guys that might stick out at you is either, you know, uh, climbing the ranks or, or dropping in the ranks? Yeah, I think it comes to Rizzo uh... – you say a couple of things there. Uh, one, it's early yet. I mean, it's. I know people think people are all panicky. It's May nineteenth. The weather <laughs> is just now starting to warm up a little bit. You know, where the bull will travel further. So give it, give it some time. Relax. Mm-hmm. Is Rizzo an elite first baseman? Well, it depends on how you look at it. Is he elite? No. Is he elite of what's in Major League Baseball this year? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is not too many good first basemen. We knew this going right. in. This is not a surprise. Right. You know, I knew this going into the year. This is going to be a weak year for first base. You know, this wasn't all that many. We didn't even know Josh Bell was going to do uh, you know, the light bulb was going to go off for him. Yeah. And how, yeah. Gr- how great he's been. Uh, but it was a weak year for first base. So that really can't surprise anybody that first base was going to be a shock here. You know, Abreu, Goldschmidt. Uh, it was just a. It was a problem position going in. You know, I knew in drafting I was very aware that first base was going to run out quickly. Mm-hmm. And that I may have to make, make some adjustments for that, uh, for that reason. Maybe I want to move up and draft, uh, draft the first baseman earlier than really I had planned because right. of what was going on here. You know, so I don't think uh, – I think the bottom line is if you're stuck at first base, you really don't have anybody but yourself to blame. I said we, we knew this going in. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's but not Rizzo, realizing and – Right, Votto's bombed. Right, yes. Votto looks done. He just yes. looks done. Freeman's great. You know, Goldsmith has been up and down, but he'll be fine. Cody Bellinger's been fantastic. You know, and then it gets a little dicey when you think about it. You know, uh, I said Votto, I think, is done. Uh, Matt Carpenter's yeah. been uh, four home runs, eight RBI, and we're a quarter into the season. I know it's early, but you know, you know, that's, but he was bad last year too. That's exactly. that's the problem. 
You know, it's a continuation. Right. You know, Jesus Aguilar was terrible for a while. Encarnacion's been okay. Miggy has been well, bad. Joey Gallo's been very good. Uh, Hosmer is what he is. Muncy's been solid. He doesn't play every day. Carl Satana is doing what he CJ does. CJ Crones. Been... <laughs> eh, Crone, who, uh, the funny little thing the other day. Grand ball. There's a grand ball to the pitcher. He's, he's, he's playing the first base. He didn't realize the grand ball was to the pitcher. Pitcher threw the ball to him, almost hit him in the head because he didn't know. He thought the ball went to second base. He was like, weird. I've never seen that before. Were well, you paying attention? You know, well, you, you go deeper at first base. Uh, Gurriel, mm-hmm. Smoke. You know, these guys have been blah. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Olson's now back from injury. That'll certainly help there. Mancini. Yeah, that's what definitely helps. That'll help. Mm-hmm. Alonzo helps. Uh, that sort of thing. Luke Voigt. Uh, you probably, it's funny. If you didn't draft the first baseman low and you didn't, you know, you didn't get your Freeman, your Goldschmidt, uh, Bellinger, Rizzo, and you waited until you know late, you probably have much better value. You know, you might have ended up with Bell. Obviously, you could have ended up with Olsen. Now that he's healthy, Luke Voigt, uh, guys who are doing well here. Alonzo, if you took a shot at him, you know, the value there at first baseman was late. Not taking the guys in the middle and hoping, you know, those veterans hoping that Miguel Cabrera was going to have a bounce back here. Jesus Aguilar, I think Matt mm-hmm. will be fine again, but you're eating it right now. Hosmer offers you very right. little fantasy wise. Uh, you know, Ian Desmond, blah. So it's Christian been a Walker. I mean, I know just eight home runs, twenty three RBI, but getting giving you more than what you expected. Uh, Diamondbacks first baseman. Yes, he's he, once again he wasn't expected to be there. Wilma Flores, right. and uh, that didn't work out. And uh, it's it's nice. That's why you got to watch the waiver wire. That's why you have to watch the waiver wire. If you're weak at first base, we're at a dead position. You know, when he first came up, you could have got him for a couple of bucks. He was not the kind of guys that are going tonight. Well, there's no right. one going for a couple of dollars. But he was the guy you could have. You could have plugged him in or just kept him on your route to see what was going to happen and, pl- and eventually plugged him in. There are, mm-hmm. lot, so there are a lot of interesting first basemen. The problem is it's a streaming position right now. Guys right. you're going to like for a couple of weeks, then you're going to want to move on from. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you mentioned with C.J. Cronin, that's that's pretty comical the way you described it. But uh, 12 home runs, uh, batting 270. I mean, uh, a guy that, that with what in comparison to what you're getting out there, might not be a bad deal. I mean, I know he's not available on on waiver wires. I mean, he's widely owned, but it uh, might be somebody to look at, uh, you know, in a, in a trade, a moderate. You know, you won't have to give up too much. But uh, first base, like you said, I mean, we if you're struggling there, then you didn't do your homework in pre-drafts. Yeah, I mean, uh, we knew this coming in, so I don't feel bad for anybody. And I have problems at first base in most leagues. You know, but uh, look, I got Josh. I picked up Josh Bell in a couple of leagues, and that's working out. Josh Bell, mm. the light has gone on. He's figured it out. He looks like now he gets annoyed when he doesn't get a hit, which is what I love when batters are like that because they expect to do well. Absolutely. Okay. And now the Lone Ranger team theme takes us out, but uh, that doesn't mean our episode is over. We're coming back <laughs> for a second hour of Fantasy Sports today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back. <laughs> 